Okay guys, I'm not going by, you know, any script or anything I wrote down for bullet points or anything. This is just off the top of my head. But I wanted to come out here and talk about, well, I guess you could say the confusing nature that's known as copyright, especially when it comes to places like here on YouTube or other, you know, sites similar to it, like Vimo, BitChute, Dailymotion, you name it. And basically what I'm talking about when it comes to being confused by copyright is exactly what is you know, notable to be copyrighted. Well, mainly, most times, things that are notable to be copyrighted are, of course, you know, things that are owned by different artists or studios. In this case, when it comes to, you know, what I do sometimes with pony music videos, PMVs, or animated music videos, AMVs, or fan vids, whatever you want to call them, sometimes the copyright that's noticeable in those is the music. And sometimes, I'm, um, you know, no uh, I'm basically informed, I should say, of exactly, you know, who is copywriting and claiming, uh, who's basically gave me the copyright, I should say, on that video, and who's claiming it as their own, or claiming the fact that, hey, you know, I can't make money off it, but it's still viewable. The other thing, of course, is the visual copyright, basically the, you know, the scenes or the, you know, the various scenes you might use from a animated or live action show or a movie, or whatever it may be the case, sometimes that visual animation will be copyrighted as well by the studio that owns it or distributes it. Now, sometimes copyright could also be confusing in the fact that sometimes the copyright claims you get are by individuals that you may not have heard of. And sometimes those copyrighted claims by the individuals you may not have heard of are false claims. And, that's one, and that right there really contributes to the confusion. One of the people that I do follow here on YouTube and I'm a big fan of and subscriber to is Joe Vargas, a.k.a. Angry Joe. And Joe has come out numerous times and has basically stated his disdain for copyright. His disdain for certain gaming studios and publishers coming out and copywriting his videos, whether they're reviews or rants or whatever they may be. He's sick and tired of them coming out and copywriting some of those videos, even if the interviews with the developers that he does at places like E3 or Comic-Con or wherever, he's sick and tired of being copyrighted, claimed by those uh, publishers or studios. Sometimes when he does a movie review or a review of a you know, streaming series on things like Amazon Prime or Netflix, you know, there are various times that he'll get copyrighted for those and he doesn't like it. But the reason the, copyrighted, the copyright happens, as much as people like Joe may not agree with it, is because basically... He's not the one that put the money out to make these series, you know, a reality. He's not the one that put the money out, you know, to make these games a reality for people to go out and download or physically buy on disc. That's basically why he gets copyrighted. Because the studio, whether we like it or not, or the publisher, whether we like it or not, is basically saying, hey, we have no problem with you talking about our game, you know, giving your thoughts on it, but since we're the ones that put the money out to make it a reality, we're the ones that are going to take the money for it. A good example for me, a good example for me uh, when it comes to copyright claims, because uh, I do understand where Joe is coming from, is what I did last night. Now, again, before I talk about that, getting back to Joe, you know, like I said, there have been various times he'll rant and rave, or rant ba basically, w well, what he considers, what he calls an angry rant. You know, he will come out and he will let people know. He will let the publishers know. He will let the developers know. He will let the movie or television studios know. 
that he's not happy. He's not thrilled at the fact that these studios are coming after his channel and basically copywriting some of his videos that he's uploaded. Because in his opinion, what he's doing is he's giving free advertisement to a lot of the things he's talking about. Even if it's games he don't like or shows and movies he doesn't like, he's still giving free advertisement. A.K.A., in his own opinion, he's giving fair use. But he's not the only one. He's not the only one that suffered from this. Like I, like I said, even though I've been hesitant to montage this main channel, which I may now have to do because of what's happened to me recently, the reason I've always been hesitant about it is because I know exactly what's going to happen. Like I said, I've been known to upload various pony music videos, fan vids, AMVs, you name it, and most of the time, I will get a copyright claim. Now, thankfully, the silver lining is everybody will still be able to watch my video. The only non-silver lining is the fact that I won't make money off it, even if I wanted to, because I'm not the one that put in the work to make uh, the visuals that I'm using in the music video or the song I'm using in the music video a reality. The people that did that are the studios and the artists behind it. Thus, as much as I hate to say it, you know, they have the fair right, the fair, they have the right, if you will, uh, to claim it and make that money back. I mean, even if you're wondering, okay, if this studio or this artist or whatever is going to copyright claim and make the money off our video that we just put up, why are they putting ads on our video when we're not the ones making money or we're not the ones monetizing our channel, period? It's because the reason the ads are put on there, whether or not you montage your channel, is because it's ads to help the, to help the studio or distributor or the publisher or the artist make the money back from people viewing that video. I know it sounds confusing. Heck, it sounds confusing to me right now talking about it, but that's a fact. That's a fact of life, whether we like to agree with it or we don't. Now, like I said, getting back to, to myself here, you know, last night... I finally uploaded something that people have been wanting me to upload uh, for quite some time. And that, of course, was this. The final four episodes of Sonic Sat AM Season 2, which I carefully edited together to be a movie finale for the series. This includes episodes of Cry of the Wolf, Druid Hedge, Spy Hog, and the Doomsday Project. And even though I knew I would get copyright claimed, the silver lining, basically, is the fact that people can still watch it. The only non-silver lining, like I mentioned earlier, is if I wanted to make money off my channel and my videos, this is one of those examples of a video I can't make money off of because the people making money off it are the ones claiming it. Now, let's get back to something else I just mentioned earlier. The fact that copyright sometimes can be confusing when it comes to false claims. Now, sometimes those false claims could come from basically what's known as internet trolls. Sometimes these internet trolls will basically find a way to make it sound like there's somebody else only to try to get your video taken off because, hey, they just want to ruin your day or they don't like what you're talking about. They don't like the things, you know, you base your videos on, you know, the subjects, if you will. That, you know, basically if it's not their cup of tea, they don't want to hear it, so they try to ruin it for you and anybody else that may want to hear it or may find it intriguing. And that's about it. That's about it. That's basically why when you have somebody like, let's say, Lewis Lovehog, a.k.a. Lynn Cara, or Andre Meadows, you know, a black nerd comedy, or James Rolfe, 
of Cinemassacre or Doug Walker and the various members at Channel Awesome or even Rob the Wonderful or Bob Show, Rob Thomas, you know, this is why at times when they come on here and say, hey, this happened to me and I'm doing what I can to fight it because I know it's not right, it's because they notice that the copyright claim that's been put upon them that either blocks the video from being seen or causes them to lose money on a video they know they should be making money off of, of, you know, the reason they come onto their channels and announce that this happened and they're fighting it is because they know that there's something suspicious about those claims. Like, you know, they come out and they say, wait a minute, I've never heard of this person or I've never heard of this studio. Who are they? And when they do kind of fight it, you know, try to, you know, argue their claim as to why this doesn't seem right, a majority of the time they will succeed. Now, have there been times where they will try to fight it and they won't succeed? Absolutely. Because obviously there's no way, I guess, YouTube or any other site out there can, you know, basically, you know, find out, you know, find out any information or the right kind of information to basically uh, go in the favor of those that are fighting these claims. And again, that's what's frustrating about the copyright situation. Now, like I said, sometimes they are successful in getting these claims reversed and put back in their favor. In other words, they can make their money back. But like I said, that's the confusing part about it is when you have these false claims by these internet trolls coming out. I mean, obviously, people like Lewis Lovehog know exactly what I'm talking about. I know that you know, Channel Awesome knows what I'm talking about because there have been various times I've seen Doug Walker, I've seen Lewis Lovehog, I've seen Angry Joe, like I mentioned earlier, I've seen members of Cinemasca like Michael James come out and basically say, hey, look, guys, uh, I got to deal with this right now. This is what's going on. This is why the video I just uploaded is not there. Da, da, da. You know, the same with Sabersbark. Sabersbark recently talked about this himself in a video. I'll provide the link down below. But Sabersbark has had numerous videos where he feels it's being done in fair use in a sense he's also that he also feels is being done as free advertisement for what he's talking about but yet they get taken down and it's confusing to him and he doesn't understand why they do this when he's not doing anything wrong and again it goes back to what I mentioned earlier even though it's in fair use and he feels he has all the right to make some money off the video he can't because the money whether his video is still view, viewable in the eyes, eyes of the public, the money goes to the people that put the, put the work into it to make it a reality. And again, I know that seems unfair or sounds unfair to a lot of us, but that's just the reality of it, period. But when it comes to these false claims at times, like I said, even Sabersbark has dealt with this himself. And fortunately at times, guys like Sabersbark have been able to get his videos up and running again. And because of the fact that they were able to successfully get the decision reversed. Why? Because there will be at times that places like YouTube will look into this, will look into these false claims and notice that it's not, and notice the people claiming it and trying to make money off it are not who they say they are. And basically that person or individuals, individuals that are trying to make money off it by saying there's someone that they're not, you usually will get in trouble. And maybe if they have a YouTube channel, will have that YouTube t channel taken away. Again, the copyright situation, like I said, it is a confusing deal. There's no doubt about it. A lot of us, including myself, feel 
that when we upload something, that it's in fair use and that we should make some kind of profit off it. But unfortunately, the reality is that's not the case, no matter how we feel about it. No matter how we look at it, no matter how we feel about it, that's not the case. Now, have there been times where, let's say, a studio will be cool with what you do and allow you to make a little profit off it? Absolutely. Because they know and understand, hey, they don't mean no harm, no foul. You know, we have all this money we're already making on the side from other projects and stuff and merchandise that it's cool if we just let them have this. So they understand that. More specifically, like I said, because they know they have enough money that they don't have to worry about, you know, somebody on YouTube profiting off, let's say, a PMV or a fan vid or whatever. But again, that, again, the confu this is the confusing nature about copyright. You know, there are studios and publishers out there that are cool with it. There are those that are cool with it, but they feel they have the right to make the money over you. And there are some that are not cool with it. And basically because maybe they're an internet troll and they don't like what you talk about or don't like what you represent, they'll basically find a way to ruin your life, ruin your day, ruin your channel, and ruin the experience for anybody that follows your channel. And again, that's just the confusing part about copyright because, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes there are those that will do false claims and when those that make money off their channels fight, fight against those claims and at times will succeed, it's most, mostly in the end what's revealed about the people that filed a claim against them, like I said, is they're nothing more than internet trolls that just want to make money off somebody's hard work. Or mainly it's internet trolls that are like, oh, I don't like this guy. This guy talks about something stupid. Oh, I wish he would, I would wish he would do something else. Then I wouldn't have to bug him. And then that's another question too. Let's talk about the internet trolls that do false claims. Or those that do false claims. You know, like I said, sometimes they do it mainly because they want to make money. They want to steal the money out of your pocket. Even if it's an original project that you've done. They want to make money off of you. They want to make, take money out of your pocket. But here's another reason why we have, in my opinion, these false claimers, these internet trolls doing this, these cyber bullies, if you will, that are doing this. It's mainly because of the fact that either they want to make, they want to steal money out of your pocket, or on, or, or the other thing is because you're not giving you giving them what you they want. You're not talking about things that interest them. You know, I did a, I, I sent a letter uh, to Animat. A couple of years ago, about a year or two ago, and basically, uh, in the letter, in the package, if you will, I mentioned to Animat because he's dealt with this as well. That mainly the reason people were trolling him on some of his videos was because he wasn't giving them what they wanted, and what they wanted was triple X rated material. If you know what I mean, and that's pretty much the truth in a nutshell. That's pretty much the truth ooth, in a nutshell. That's the whole gist of it. That basically, you know, guys like Animat, who love talking about cartoons, love doing reviews on cartoons and even more so than that, were not talking about things that interest these internet trolls. Because I've noticed one thing. I've noticed uh, throughout my years here on YouTube that if you, that when somebody brings this up to an internet troll or a cyber bully or whatever, then mainly they find out that the internet troll cyber bully is just a young kid going through a phase. A young individual going through that certain phase 
to where it's like, oh, I want that triple H. Oh, I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in that anymore. Or I want something better. I want something better. And then all of a sudden, when they, and all of a sudden, when that person asks them, well, what, what is it you want YouTube to give you, give you besides this? You know what their answer is time, most of the time? You know, give us the blankety blank. Give us, give us a, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say it because I don't want to sound offensive. Well, basically to them, they want YouTube to allow people out there, including them, to provide and showcase that, that triple X material, that triple X rated NC-17 MA material. That's what they want. That's what they want. And they're not going to, now they won't probably, now not many of them will come out and say that, but that's pretty much the truth. They, people like them will come out, now again, like I said, not many of them will come out and say that, but for those that kind of get questioned as to what is it you want YouTube to do, what is it you want these content creators on YouTube to do for you to stop bullying them and false claiming the videos and all that. And most of the time, they will kind of indicate in their own way that they want that triple X adult rated material because they're going through a certain time in their life, if you know what I mean. Now, I could be wrong about that, and maybe they're just young kids, internet trolls that are doing this because they're going through that rebellious stage to where it's all about them and they should do, they could do whatever they want kind of deal. Okay, fine. But, again, how this ties into how confusing copyright is this is basically the this is sometimes the end results of when YouTube or Vimo or BitChute or whoever investigates these false claims you know finds out about them being false wins the claims the copyright back over for the content creator sometimes these are the end results these are the answer this is the end results these are the answers they get and I know some of you watching will be like, well, that's probably not entirely true. And like I said, you're right. Sometimes they're just people, people that just want to be trolls because, you know, oh, what people talk about doesn't interest them. But again, all of this is all part of the confusing nature of the copyright system, no matter where you upload your content. And that's another thing, too. This, the one last thing I want to talk about is where you upload your content. Because, you know, YouTube, when it began back in 2000, late 2005, throughout 2006, everybody, including me, saw that as a, saw YouTube as a safe haven to upload and share our content with other people out there. We would upload videos after videos after videos of fan vids. We would upload videos and videos of reviews. We would upload videos and videos of vlogs and stuff like that. Because we all felt it was a safe haven. But for a lot of us, reality struck in 2006 when YouTube, when YouTube itself was, was basically taken, ta taken to task for allowing people to upload all this material without the consent of the studios and the publishers that made that material a reality or made part of the material people were using a, a reality. And everybody, including myself, suffered for it. I, I was on vacation here in California from Kansas for my birthday, as well, unfortunately, for my grandpa's passing, which happened on my birthday. But I was here, and when I checked my YouTube page on my sister's laptop, everything looked good. 
I checked the emails, everything looked good. I come back about a couple weeks later, I ch go on my computer, check my YouTube page, I go to my, check my email, everything looked good, I go to my YouTube page, and it's gone. And then I find out why it's gone. And then, later on, I find out why other people's channels disappeared. It's all because of the fact that YouTube didn't take the right proceed, uh, the right measures to ensure this wouldn't happen. They didn't contact all these studios and say, uh, yeah, we've got this new uh, service we're doing and we're gonna, it's going to allow people to uh, upload the videos. So if it's cool with you, they're going to probably upload some video, uh, music videos that have your content. If it's cool with you, ooh, ooh and everything, that's great. If not, we'll take care of it, whatever. And in my opinion, the end result was a lot of people lost, a lot of people that were just starting on YouTube as it was in its infancy at that time, lost their channels. And they had to wait maybe a couple of months to bring it back up, to get a new channel up. It took me to the end of, this, end of that year to get a new channel uh, under the B.F. Walmer name uh, uploaded and, you know, uploaded and, you know, uh, you know, uploaded and live and just out there. And it would be till mid-2008 eight that I would have that channel, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. Now, I've had numerous people tell me why it disappeared, even those in my own family. But still, it disappeared. But learning my lesson from before, I was prepared. And that's why I was able to get this channel that you currently... I was able to get this channel that you're currently watching this video on up and going. Because I also followed the procedures. I also followed them. But here's the thing, like I said, YouTube was still in the infancy when a lot of us, including myself, lost our channels and was just starting to find a stride in 2008, really started to step up the game and find a stride and try to do things the right way, with a few exceptions along the way as well, to allow people like me, Lewis Lovehog, James Rolfe, Doug Walker, you name it, to be able to have something to, you know, utilize as something to do on the side as a hobby or in the cases of like Doug Walker or James or Lewis so, or even Angry Joe or even Josh Scorcher you know something to do ooh, as a living you know make money off of but you know when you look at YouTube yeah a lot of people have the mixed reactions about it and the copyright system and the algorithm and all that that YouTube has right now is confusing and thus, a lot of people feel that there are other places they can go to to have a safe haven. Or they could look at it as a safe haven, as a backup. You know, for me, I look at Daily Motion, And I feel that's a, one of my safe havens, one of my backups. But even Daily Motion has to deal with copyrighted stuff. Even if they're based out of the United Kingdom, they still have to deal with copyrighted situations to where you think you're in the clear, but then you're not. Same thing with Blimp TV. Blimp TV, everybody thought, was a safe haven. Everybody thought, hey, this is going to be the place we can go to if anything, if YouTube gets out of control and it's not the YouTube we used to know. But look what happened to Blimp TV. Eventually, copyright and all that caught up with it, and even some financial reasonings behind the scenes caught up with it, and now it's history. It's gone. You know, the same with VidMe. Everybody looked at VidMe and thought, oh, VidMe is the answer. VidMe is the place to go. There'll be nothing to, nothing that's going to stop us with VidMe, you know, by utilizing VidMe and putting our stuff there. Guess what happened? VidMe 
suffered the same consequences or a similar consequence. Copyrighted, copyright situations, financial situations behind the scenes, and now they're gone. And now you have other uh, sites out there, you have other sites out there that are trying to be that new safe haven for fans and for content creators. You know, you have Vimo that looks like it's a safe haven, but there's a catch. The only way you'll be able to utilize all the features and all the benefits is if you upgrade a month to Vimo Plus. And that's the only way. That's the only way you can utilize all the benefits. I don't know how much that is a month, and I'm not, I could find out, but the thing is, is right now, for someone like me, just regular Vimo is cool. Even if they give you a, a weekly limitation, you know, for me, regular Vimo is okay. And it doesn't look like there's any any consequence or any copyright that follows through on it. Now, however, however, even though people like, let's say, Bob Show can see Vimo as a safe haven as a backup, the same with, you know, Rowdy C, you know, Chris Moore, and even Animat, well, that's not entirely the case. Because even Vimo, because even a place like Vimo is going to have to deal with copyrighted uh, situations down the line. And maybe they do. Maybe Vimo has it worked out to where they make sure that if the content creators, um, you know, make some money off it, that the ones that make the majority of the money are the people that originally made the material that the content creators are utilizing. Like, let's say Animat uh, utilizes uh, Vimo to give his Patreon uh, supporters early access to reviews or top tens or whatever, um, Animat may not make all the money back. You know, he may have to make only part of it, while the other part, maybe a majority of it, goes to the studios uh, that are responsible for the material or for the movies he's analyzing or the shows and movies he's counting down at. You know, so there's that. And that could be attributed to maybe Animat and Bob show. Maybe they have Vimo Plus. And whatever they talk about, you know, because of Vimo Plus, they get a bit of the profits, but most of the profits go to the studio behind uh, the material, the show, the movies that they're talking about. And let's talk about the other ones as well. Let's talk about BitChute. Now, everybody has said BitChute is the place to go now. That BitChute is what YouTube used to be. And maybe they are, and I think I may have created a BitChute account. I don't really know. I may have to. But I'm going to let you guys know right now, BitChute may be, in your eyes, what YouTube used to be maybe a couple years back or several years back. But even BitChute is not, example, is not, what's the word I'm looking for? BitChute is, is basically, is, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word. But BitChute is not unacceptable, it's not it's not in the clear, I'll put it that way. BitChute basically is, uh, is, not, is, is not as invincible as you say, think it is. Uh, and I hate to say that. I know people hate, hate people saying that. Hey, you know, what I'm trying to say is I know people hate hearing people like me say that, but it's true. BitChute is not as exempt, if you will. That, that's the word I'm looking for. It's not as exempt as you think it is. Because they, too, have to deal with copyright issues. You can't tell me that there are studios out there that don't know about BitChute, don't know that people are utilizing it 
as like a second as a secondary means to probably make money or something, and they ain't coming after BitChute to say, hey, look, we're cool with you being, we're cool with letting you do this, but you know what? You have to set some standards. You have to set some rules. And who's to say BitChute didn't do that? Heck, I haven't heard, you know, and you know what's funny is I haven't heard people talking in high praise about BitChute um, for a while now. And that's surprising. That is surprising in its own right. I haven't heard people talking about, you know, how great BitChute is anymore because I think what's going on, in my opinion, is BitChute is dealing with the same circumstances that YouTube did at one point, and that is now they have to basically reset some things or, you know, basically or basically create some new uh, standards and new rules and new boundaries, you know, to allow people to share their content, even if it means they can't make a profit off that content. Again, what this all has to do with the whole copyright situation, guys, is very simple. We may, we may not agree with some of the decisions that, when it comes to copyright, that YouTube and Vimo and BitChute and Dailymotion and all these places, you know, we, you know, make when it comes to, you know, what you can make money off of and what you can't make money off of. We may not agree with it. We may find some of the copyright claims confusing. And wonder, okay, why are you claiming my video when it's in fair use? And again, it goes all the way back to what I said at the beginning. Basically, for those that use the content in the videos, either for reviews, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reviews, discussions, if you will. Um, what's the word I'm also looking for? Um, you know, essays, stuff like that, top 10s, top 20s, whatever. Like I said at the beginning, the reason, as much as we may not like it, that, or any content creator may not like it, the reason we don't make money off it is because we're not the ones that originally created it to make it a reality. Whether it's visual, you know, representation, visual representation of an animated or live action series or movie, or it's a song from an artist or whatever, or it's you know, imagery, visual imagery from a video game uh, and whatnot. You know, the reason we don't make money off it is because we're not the ones that put the effort into basically uh, bringing it to life. Now, I know some people may say, well, what about the interviews someone like Angry Joe would have with some of the people behind the, the scenes? Look, I agree. That's kind of something that's confusing, confusing as well when it comes to the copyright. Why would you copyright claim an interview that is basically agreed upon to be done by said interviewer and said, and said interviewee? You know, why would you do that? You know, if said interviewee agreed to the interview and thus also agreed to maybe let some visual aid or visual representation of what they're talking about be seen. That is confusing, but my guess is, again, it goes back to the fact that they put the hard work in to making, let's say, that game, like let's say a new, like that, let, let, let's say the new one of the new Mortal Kombat games, because I think, I think an interview that Joe did with one of the developers got claimed. But anyway, and um, well, like I said, one of the interviews that Joe did with the developers got claimed, and he had to fight it, and I think he succeeded, or I don't know. But anyway, it, mainly when you look at something like, let's say, an interview he would do like that. It's mainly because you have Warner Brothers and NetherRealm saying, look, uh, 
you know, we, we're the ones that put the hard work into the game. And we're the ones that should be making the profit. Hey, we're cool with you doing the interview and everything. And that could stay up. But we're the ones making, we're the ones that are going to take, make the money off it. Not you, because we're the ones that made it a reality. All you're doing is just an interview. And we're cool with the interview. And cool with you sh showing examples of what's to come in the game. But we're the ones making the money because we're the ones that made the game, not you. And again, that is hard for people like, let's say, an Angry Joe to swallow. It's hard for people like, you know, um, you know, a Pat Contra, you know, because he's had videos get claimed at times. It's hard for him to swallow. You know, same with James Rolfe. There's been probably various times he's done reviews of NES, SNES, Sega Genesis, Turbo Graphics, you know, PS1s, you know, Commodores, whatever, you know, games that he's gotten claimed. And he's had to fight and maybe win most of the time, hopefully, to get that money back flowing into his account because, you know, these are games that are now being emulated. So there should be no reasoning to talk about them or have them claimed. But again, it goes back to the content, goes back to the fact that sometimes the company is coming out and saying by copyright and claim, cop, doing the copyright claims, even if they let your video still be seen, they're coming out and saying, look, we're the one, they're coming out and saying, look, here's the deal. We're cool with you showing the stuff. We're cool with you doing a review. But we're the ones that made the game. We're the ones that put the hard work into it. So we're going to make the money. You know, and again, same goes with like music videos, animated, pony, mu animated music videos, pony music videos, fan vids, whatever. You know, they're the ones basically, you know, if it's, vi if it's both visual and audio, they're, again, coming out and saying, look, we're cool with what you're doing, but we're the ones that made made these uh, made these visuals a reality. We're the ones that made the song a reality. We're going to make the money, not you. Now, I know you're thinking, well, what about the claims that get put on people when it comes to their own content, you know, their own original material? Well, most of the time, those people are successful in, you know, kind of fighting, fighting and successfully getting that claim reversed and getting their money back. You know, Sean McLean, Zara Nizarak of the Multimedia Chronicles has had this happen to him on several occasions. And from what I understand, I believe he was able to fight successfully to get the claim reversed on numerous occasions. And I think it's mainly because his music at the beginning or certain parts of it sounded similar to some kind of mute, some kind of background music or musical interlude or whatever from an already established um, musical set or song. But thankfully, from what I understand, he's being able to uh, fight it on numerous occasions and most times, from what I understand, succeed. Maybe I'm wrong. But overall, though, guys, in conclusion, when it comes to copyright, with it's here on YouTube, Vimo, BitChute, Dailymotion, wherever, it's always going to be an issue. Even Facebook and Twitter deal with it. There are numerous times I will upload a video onto Facebook if you will, uh, for the, for, you know, for just my family to see because it's a family only event. So only my family would see it. And other times Facebook will tell me, hey, your video's ready, but it can't be seen because it's got this. And I usually have to press the button. I, I, and the option they give you is, you know, whether or not you agree with the fact that, you know, you don't have the rights or, 
you know you don't I usually press the button that says hey look there's nothing wrong with this this is just a family event that has music in the background by accident or something so yeah even Facebook and Twitter deal with it but long story short guys long story short when it comes to copyright to when it comes to copyright claims on various video sites uploading sites out there it is confu it's just confusing but it's just you know it's just confusing the way they lay out the terms and the reasonings but again as much as we hate to say as much as we hate to admit it part of the reasoning sometimes is because we're not the ones that put the hard work in to the visuals or the songs that we utilize it's the artists it's the publishers it's, you know the technicians and all that you know the creators that did it themselves and they're the ones that as much as we hate to agree agree to it have the right to make the money now down the line and now down the line will things change eventually my, my honest opinion guys is I hope they do I hope they do change so that even if it's a even if you uploading a PMV or a review, uh, uh, animated music video or whatever or you're doing a review or a game or anything hopefully in the future the copyright situation and all these video sites and stuff and sites like them will be resolved and everybody will be able to make some kind of profit off it without any trouble maybe there could be an agreement down the line where it's 50-50 like the content creator gets 50% of the profit and the, and the um, the original creators, you know, the people that are claiming it, get 50% of the profit. Hopefully, that'll be a, hopefully that'll be something that YouTube and Vimo and BitChute and Dailymotion and all of them will look into in the future. But anyway, though, guys, this video has gone on long enough. Um, I just wanted to come out here and again, without a script, off the top of my head, just let you know what my thoughts are on the confusing nature of copyright when it comes to various video uploading sites like here on YouTube. Vimo, BitChute, you name it. So let me know what you all think down below. Comment if you like. And I am out.